but today I have my guest, Camille Underwood, who is one of my good friends. We serve in the community together. Uh, we do church stuff together. We chat, we talk. If I had three words to describe Camille, I would say energetic, positive, and illuminating. Like she's always shining, always shining bright. Camille, how are you today? I am well, Eva, trying to work with this light at home, but you know, this is where we are in life in, during <laughs> the pandemic. So I'm adjustable, flexible, and open. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on today. I really want, I feel like everybody needs to know who you are. And, um, and with that being said, just go ahead and tell us who you are in your own words. Oh, okay. Let me, it's interesting. I was, I was giving some thought to our talk today. And um, here lately, I've wondered, you know, how people read this indelible sign on my forehead that says, I will listen. I, I find myself in some of the most interesting situations where I'm like, people just open up and tell me their entire story, seemingly randomly. I can be in the beauty supply store. I can be in Publix. And I'm like, what, what is this? What is this? And so instead, I think I've been in, in a posture of just denying what that is. You know, if I had to describe it, it. And, um, and it is an energy. There's an openness, um, obviously, that I possess that people feel comfortable sharing intimate details of their lives, even when I'm, I'm literally a stranger in line at the grocery store. And so I've learned to embrace this gift of um, being available to listen and being able to hear to listen. Here lately, that's something that I've just grappled with because you know the act of hearing, if we have our, our hearing senses, we can hear, but not often are we able to actively and actively listen and listen non-judgmentally. And so um, I have learned to use that to my advantage as a consultant and educational consultant focusing on social and emotional learning for students, faculty, staff, and administrators. Um, and it's making a huge difference in the school districts that I serve because we are humans and people first. And you cannot learn without connection. Connection starts with conversation. Connection starts with relationship. And so it's the heart of the matter, the heart of education, the heart of learning that I'm focused on. And so an open heart and when a student feels loved or even a faculty member feels loved, they can teach better, they can learn better. And so I've kind of created this, this space and I, I carry this space where I go, everywhere I go. My office is my heart. <laughs> and so, you know, if I'm there, I'm, I'm focusing on the heart of the matter. And um, that's pretty much how, how Camille Underwood Consulting came to be. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And so when you hear this phrase, I really want to ask you this. I like to ask my guests this um, question. You were created with purpose in mind. You were created with purpose in mind. When you hear that phrase, what do you immediately think of? Oh, wow. Compassion. <laughs> Just, you know, having a compassionate heart uh, for others. Um, but it starts with self-compassion and that's a lesson that I've learned. I think I've learned it in, in the course of our friendship, our connection, 
because without that, I'm trying to extend something to others that I don't extend to myself. And it's not genuine. It's not authentic. Um, simply, it's just not real. And so learning the concept and understanding what it actually means and learning to embody self-compassion, self-love, self-joy, respect, everything that flows from within in order to flow outwardly. So <laughs> I hope that summed it up. I kind of get off topic. <laughs> did, did I answer that question, Eva? I think you did. I'll ask it again. I think you answered it, but you right. were created with purpose in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It was created with purpose in mind. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And so this is the other thing, you know, I met you as an adult. I think we met probably what three, maybe three or four years ago um, at church. I know you as an adult, but I can imagine your friends that you've had, you know, 20, 30 years saw this Camille grow, Camille, you know, change lanes, discover different things about her purpose in life, her mission in life. And so when I think about that, at some point you were like just high school Camille or you were uh, elementary school Camille, your mother's daughter, right? When you think about that and where you are now with Camille Underwood Consultant and this focus on social emotional health and learning, what were some of the breadcrumbs or um, clues along the way that kind of led you to where you are now all the way from childhood Camille? Interesting because I, I, I genuinely feel like God has always placed me in positions that would help me be more sensitive to someone else's walk. Um, there was a lot of adjustment and shifting taking place in my early childhood. We moved from, I was born in New Orleans at about three or four. I moved to Washington, DC. And then um, what middle school, I moved to Tuskegee, Alabama, culture shock like no other. And, um, and so I've always tried to just relate to people and figure out and understand where they were coming from um, because my background was so different growing up Muslim. My father was an imam. We covered our heads as children. And so I, I always stood out <laughs> like a sore thumb and part of, I, now I know, part of my trauma was me just trying to force my way in and fit in the best way I knew how. Um, and so my ability to connect and relate to pretty much anyone from any walk of life I think those were breadcrumbs that were being dropped um, even as a child. And uh, my daddy used to call me smiley. <laughs> my my go-to response was always a smile. And I think it, to most people's reaction, like, okay, that wasn't anything to smile about. Why are you smiling? And so that has been a gift that God has given me. I can smile through pretty much anything. And that smile represents my joy. And that joy that was there, you know, I think at birth, uh, and I've learned to polish up and bring that joy back to light and help it shine for other people to see. So Smiley Camille has <laughs> been around since 1971. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Um, there has never been a time when I have been around you, despite what you've had going on in life, that you have not been smiling. Like if you walk into the sanctuary, smiling. If I saw you at Inglenook walking into the classroom, wow. smiling. And I love that about you. I love it. And your ability to connect with people and your ability to not, you know, a lot of times we think because we connect with people, but you can also sniff out BS really good as well. So I appreciate that, that, you know, that plus in your personality. And so 
what I want to talk about a little bit. Okay, so we hear Camille Underwood consultant. We hear social emotional health, social emotional learning. Um, the the you know consider those parts of a person. Your client, if you had to describe, you know, people are listening now. Okay, so if I need a Camille Underwood consultant, who would I need to be? Like, who who are your typical clients? Are they individuals? Are they you know groups? What what does that look like? Well, um, as it stands right now, the majority of my clients are contracts through school district. I currently have a contract with Midfield City Schools, Birmingham City Schools Special Education Department, and I recently landed a contract with Mobile County Public Schools. Um, and it's interesting because it's like the world of emotional health and education meshing and using education as a platform to teach people how to treat themselves so that they can learn how to treat others. Because ultimately that's what it boils down to. You know, people will remember how you treated them. Maya Angelou said that they, you might not remember what someone said or what they did, but you remember how you've been treated. And I think that is one of the most important focuses that we need to look upon, especially in 2021, still in the midst of this pandemic, it boils down to how we treat each other, but it starts with how we treat ourselves. And so my clients right now are primarily contracts with school districts, but I really do um, plan to work on creating safe spaces for women. Um, that's definitely a, a part of my purpose. Uh, it's personal. And um, it's not as structured as counseling. It, it literally is an opportunity to talk about energy and you know, talk about ways that we can align ourselves with our purpose, spiritually, physically, emotionally, so that we can be the best version of ourselves that God created us to be. So, you know, and, I, and I'm pulling people along as I go, because I'm on this path myself. I'm so far from there. Um, and it's a blessing to just recognize that this is a path. It's not a journey. It's, and it takes crooks and turns. And I'm like, where did that turn come from? But I tell you what, every turn that I've been on, on my path, God has been there. Or that, like you said, there's a breadcrumb right there that says, hey, keep going, you know, go this way. So I've been guided spiritually all along. And I'm just thankful to recognize that at this point in life. And I'm rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. You said a word there that has triggered my next question, my next thought, you know, because I know you, but I, I want my listeners to really know you, you know, um, and the kind of life you live, it just does not just happen, right? You put in the work for, um, a lot of times we think, you know, spirituality, it just happens. No, there's some spiritual practice that we do to help us ourselves. And you said the word energy. So I want to piggyback on that. When you say energy, what does that mean to Camille? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I have learned to relate to energy because everyone relates to energy different. Um, but the way I relate to energy is, I, it's, a, it's on a cellular level. Like I feel more than I think. I feel enough that, um, to reaffirm or reassure my knowing. And the knowing is not here. It's literally intuitively in my gut. And I've just learned to trust that. Um, and with um, getting certified as a, a master Reiki uh, therapist, it's been information that I've learned and I've made it my own. You know, like I said, my relationship with energy might be different than your relationship or anyone else's, but it's, it's a knowing, an intuitive knowing that I have learned to not question whatsoever. 
And, um, you know, of course, it, with energy, there's low energy, high energy, um, but it's all energy, uh, all the same. So it's interesting. You know, we started talking about energy, even we'll go on for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the language that I speak. You know, I speak energy. And um, I'm so, I'm self-aware about my own energy. And I'm also very aware of other people's energy. And so the opportunities to uh, cut energy off when I realize I'm taking on something that does not belong to me. Um, my spiritual practice allows me to cut it off, sometimes give it back, release it. And it's just been, it has been such a healing practice for me. It's, it's just part of who I am. It's, it's a daily practice for me to recognize and align my energy to keep it clear and free, free flowing as much as I possibly can. So, yes, yes, you lit up. Oh my gosh, you lit up on that question. Yeah, yeah, as time goes on and you know, kind of the, with Reiki um, meditation, this, this, what one thing that 2020 afforded for me is that the moment of isolation and living alone, I upped my meditation to wow. just make it. And I really challenged parts of myself that I probably would not have challenged. And I always thought that I got a lot of rest, but I was able to get rest and I was able to really like just experience some things on a spiritual level um, and, and really dig even deeper into the teachings of Jesus and really just look at, okay, what's here, you know, and what has been layered on top of me that has nothing to do with this. And so once you find that place of freedom, and when you find the spiritual practices that work for you, I think there's a freedom that comes with that that can never be taken away, if that makes sense. I told somebody the other day, I was talking to one of my coaching clients and I told her, I said, once you're free, you're free. You know, so I'm not worried about you shrinking back, um, but that freedom that I, I want you to get to a place of freedom where you realize and know how much of a creator and how much of a manifesto you are and how much you play into what actually happens in your life. You know, and so when you start talking about energy, your energy, you're at that point, you're starting to acknowledge that I am a co-creator. You know, I am helping create some of these things that are happening in my life. And so I don't just get to blame God. I don't just get to blame my therapist. Ah, I got to look Eva in the face. So um, thank you so much. Like you lit up. I felt that energy. And I know we could talk about that topic all day, but I know that's such a big part of who you are. Mm. Um, and as your friend, I, you know, I just had to toss that question out there. So we've heard about Camille um, from childhood to now, her breadcrumbs that she's found along the way, um, the different contracts that you have and mostly working with schools, but you have a desire to create some safe space for women. And I love that because that's, you know, one of my main goals is, you know, there's so many places that are, uh, look at everything from a perspective of, from men perspective. Um, and so creating those spaces for women to look at things from a holistic perspective perspective I'm all with that then um we got a good understanding of your purpose and your spiritual practice so as we get ready to wrap up I really want to know is there anything else that you want the listeners and the audience of Unleashed with Eva to know about Camille Underwood oh what, what um I don't know what she said that triggered this thought but um it's interesting I have conversations about my spiritual practice all of my spiritual practices all the time and I like to reassure people that your path is your path. 
and it belongs to you and you can shape it, you can mold it. And like you say, co-create with God the way that uh, your energy and your spirit is leading you and guiding you and learning to trust that intuitive nature that you have that tells you keep going, to stop, hold up, breathe, learning to listen and trust that, that's totally your process. And whatever you do to reach that point and continue on that path, it's yours. And here's what I do realize. It's certainly not linear. And sometimes you kind of circle back to where you started and you're like, oh goodness, I went this way. How did I get back here? And it's okay. I just want to affirm because now it's so cliche-ish. We see so much stuff on social media, almost like a formula. Like you got to do A, B, C, D. Well, sometimes you got to go A, you might jump to G, you might end up at Z. And it's okay as long as you're aligned with your energy and your spiritual self. You're on the right path. So keep going. Yes. And uh, I love the way Michael Beckwith describes it. So um, sometimes we talk about it as, you know, like steps and, you know, ascension, but he also talks about a level of awareness mm-hmm. that grows outwards, you know, right. so you may have to come back to something because I really believe like when you think about an individual, you know, we have this life, um, this incarnation of life. I know I'm, I'm tipping on some toes right now, but this our incarnation of life there may be something that, you know, we have agreed or we know that our soul knows we're supposed to work out in this incarnation, right? And so we may have to, in that area, come back to some growing awareness in that area so that we fulfill our life's purpose for our soul purpose, if that makes sense. So uh, I love the way you said that, but I want to come back to this question. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about Camille Underwood? I'm just, you know, I'm thankful, Eva. I'm so thankful to be in this space. And I'm thankful that you've been here and walked with me through some things that I had no expectation that I would experience in this lifetime. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm thankful for our connection, our sisterhood, our bond, and um, understanding the power of sisterhood. It's sacred and um, I value it. And I don't know. It's difficult for me to talk about myself without talking about us because we're sharing the space tonight. But um, no, I'm just, I'm in such a good space right now. It's it's hard to put it into words, really. You know, all things considered, it's 2021, 2020. Honestly, was not as rough for me, thank God, as as it could have been. And so my, my heart of gratitude is just huge right now. And I I'm just thankful. I'm absolutely thankful. Yes, yes. And gratitude paves the way for abundance. So I love it. 